many of you are probably aware, but we have a lot of new faces here. Um, but I wasn't always going to be a pastor. Um, in my last couple of years, uh, or I guess I should say in grade 10 and the first part of grade 11, <laughs> there we go. Uh, in in, in uh, first part of grade 11 there, I was actually wanting to become a corporate lawyer. Um, and I, I had my reasons for wanting to do that, but I was, I was taking strides to prepare myself to go uh, and, uh, and get all the prerequisites out of the way and, and then go to, to law school and all of that. And there was a, a missions trip to the nation of Peru that my school was doing. And um, I just... As they were talking about it, I wasn't much of a traveler at the time. I was like, you know what? Everywhere's the same. People are the same. Uh, like, I've traveled a bit to the States, and it's all, all the same, you know? So what's, what's the big deal? But there was just something in me, and so I went through the process. I'm like, fine. You know what, God? Like, if, if you get me within, like, a dollar of raising the support I need to go, then I guess it's you and I'll go. And so, um, as you probably guess, I raised the support within a dollar. And so I went. And then I remember, you know, it was a great three weeks. And then I came back. And as we were driving, my parents were driving me home from the airport in the back of their uh, minivan. I was looking out the window. And all of a sudden, um, I just had this realization. And I, I went like, oh, stupid. I think God's calling me into the ministry. And they looked at me and they went, yeah, we kind of thought so, but we didn't want to say anything until you said it. Okay, that's cool. And, uh, and God knew I needed a lot of confirmation because uh, I was, am stubborn. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I talked to, uh, Embry and I were, were dating at the time. And she also had felt a bit of a call to ministry, but she was kind of like, well, Stephen wants to be a corporate lawyer and make lots of money. That doesn't really go with ministry. And, and so she was getting ready to break up with me. And so I arrived at school and I walked over to her, lo her locker and I went, Embry, you'll, you'll never guess what happened. Like, I think that God is calling me into the ministry. And she gave me this weird look. And, and a smile went over her face. Well, I found out later that she was going to be breaking up with me that day. Um, God works in great ways, right? So, so I carried on, and I continued to kind of push back, and I had teachers that were like, oh, good, it's about time you figured out you were called to the ministry and all that kind of stuff. I went to a Christian school, by the way, in case you're wondering. Um, and, and so that's, that's how my life began to, uh, to just shift away from um, looking for self into something different, into uh, dedicating myself to following God's call on my life. And really, when it comes to ministry, I truly believe that, that as, a, as a minister, as a pastor... I want to see a world out there that is characterized by love. And not some like airy-fairy, like everyone is just feel good and do whatever they want kind of love. I'm talking about a love where people are rooted in who they are. In fact, I went on a spiritual retreat this last, uh, this last week here, just, just an overnight thing. And, uh, and God began to really affirm into my heart that... Uh, that my value and my worth is root, it, it, the, the issue of my value and my worth has already been settled at the cross. And I want people in, in the places that, 
we're impacting to also have the sense in themselves that because of the love of God, that the issue of their value and their worth has already been settled at the cross. That they can have that confidence, that they can feel that in themselves and begin to respond to one another, to the people around them, based upon the love that God has placed in their hearts. The love that God first had for each one of them. But here's the thing. The only way that the world is going to be characterized by love is if each and every one of us is a part of the change. Right? Because how can we as Christians go out and, and speak hate or put people down or, or just be aloof and apathetic towards the world and then expect that the world is going to somehow transform? Like, it, I think sometimes it hasn't quite clicked to us, right? Like, oh, the, the, the pastors, the missionaries, they go out and, and they do ministry, and what we do has no impact in the world. And we want to see lives changed, but we don't always actually change our own lives. And it's a little bit odd. And I believe this, and, and, and this is actually something that, that most scholars and theologians and, and those that have done studies in North America and around the world have found that the, one of the big reasons why the church does not make the impact that we believe the church should make in our communities, our families, in our lives, is because we have given up on our responsibility to the world, and instead we've begun to focus on benefiting ourselves. We run around and we say, it's about me. Uh, this church is part of a, a church fellowship called the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. So uh, what that means is that we believe that the Holy Spirit is still active and present today, empowering and leading people for the work of ministry. But somewhere along the way, many of us have, have lost out on the idea that the gifts of the Spirit are given to us for the work of ministry. And we thought that it's an entryway into a club. Or we've begun to think that it's a way that we can begin to feel really good about ourselves because God must love me a ton if he let me speak in tongues or prophesy over that person or, or gave me the words to evangelize to that person over there. And so, so we've actually begun to, to twist and distort the very giftings of God given to us for a purpose because of our individualistic me-first mentality. It is a quiet room today. <laughs> Listen to what Jesus said as he was about to ascend into heaven. We see this in the book of Acts in the Bible, uh, chapter 1, verse 8. It says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And everyone's like, Oh, that's good. I want power. I want that Holy Spirit. Right? And then he continues, and you will be, and, that's a connecting word, okay? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This here is a call to begin to move from where we are and move outward in scope. Heavenly Father, today I ask that as we look at your word, Lord, as, as we consider the things that you have taught us and maybe that we have walked away from, Lord, that we would rediscover our first love.
God, that we would submit ourselves to you and to your call in our lives, Jesus. And that we would again have a burden for the lost around the world and, the, and those that are, are even in our own communities, our, our own families, who aren't serving you. And Lord, that you would lead us and guide us in gentleness and wisdom as we seek to see them find their hope in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a German theologian, he, uh, he was killed during, the, uh, during World War II uh, in a Nazi concentration camp or prison. And uh, he, he said something along the lines of that the church does not exist for itself, but it exists to reach those outside its walls. The church doesn't exist for itself, but it exists. The, the very purpose, the reason why Jesus has left us here, the reason why Jesus said, hey, hey don't neglect meeting together through the Apostle Paul, right? He said that to us. It, it's not because he was like, oh man, they really need to feel good. They just need to do a happy dance. It's because he knew that the mission he'd given us was hard and that we needed to be trained, equipped, and encouraged not so that we can grow in prosperity and wealth and just enjoy the few years that we have on earth before we pass on to glory in the sky, but because there's a mission given to us. This church, this church building, the church as the body of Christ does not exist for itself, but it exists to reach those outside these walls. Now, I know in the last while, we've probably all heard that whole thing of like, church isn't a building, it's the people, right? That became this really big thing. And I think that overall, that's, that's a really good thing. It's important for us to understand that, that the church isn't just an organization, but it's actually the people of God working together. But in the midst of that, what I've also seen as I've, as I've read um, books by, by people that would say that they're, they're Christian, or um, as I've watched trends in some churches in our community and in our world, as I've, I've looked at blog posts, you remember blogs? As you look at uh, blog posts uh, and, and vlogs, which have taken over largely for blog posts about church and things like that, our, our church culture, especially the evangelical culture, has kind of grabbed a hold of this individualized uh, idea of the church. Well, if the church isn't the building, it's the people in the building, then I can do whatever I want because I'm church. I, I can... I can just get together with my buddies and we can have some breakfast and we can pray at the end of it and we're like, church, done. You know? I mean, that, that can be an element of it, but is that church? What, what did that exist for? And so we've, we've misunderstood, we've, we've abused this principle of church. I've heard so many people that are like, I, I left the church because I just found I didn't connect with God when I was in the building. I needed to get alone by myself and go into the woods and man, I would just experience God. So what do I need the church for? Well, maybe the church needs you. And when we pour into something and invest in something, suddenly it begins to bless us too. And so we've, we've gotten this thing a little bit wrong because, yes, the church is the people. But it doesn't mean that as the church is the people, that as long as we're following Jesus, that we can do whatever we want and that church is covered. Because you see, the church is also a missionary center. It's a missions center. It's a, a ministry center. 
And I'm not talking about here just those that we pay to do ministry. But somewhere along the way, church became about a, a what can I get from this thing mindset. We, we began to apply consumerism to our church choices. Right? It was no longer how is this church pushing me and training me and equipping me to be encouraged and go out and be a witness, but it became, am I comfortable? Am I happy? Does it have the right demographic for me to feel like I can fit in? Is the music something that makes me feel like I could experience the Holy Spirit? By the way, you can experience the Holy Spirit sitting in a drive through at a McDonald's. So if you say that you can't experience the Holy Spirit because the style of worship is not right, then I think you need to pray. Not putting anyone down. I'm just saying. The church is to be a missionary center. We're not called to feed people or fill people. We're called to ready people for their purpose. See, what we need to understand, and as part of being a, a missionary center, we need to begin to understand that every Christian should be a part of supporting those called the full-time ministry. I mean, that's, that's the, the easiest level. That's the thing that I think a lot of us already engage in, is we're like, yeah, I support my pastor. Our church supports great missionaries. Sometimes I give an offering to support our missionaries a, a little bit more. And I mean, things like this. This is why we, we support missionaries like the Heinrichs, because they have an ability to make an impact on the Costa Rican people who live far out in the jungle. And their ability to do their ministry hangs on people like us, churches like us, supporting them with prayer and finances. And so we need to do that. All Christians, every Christian should be a part of supporting those called to full-time ministry. But here's, here's the problem. Is we go, I supported the pastor, I supported the missionary, that's all I needed to do. We say, that's, that's my role. And indeed, there are those who are, who are blessed to be able to be exceedingly generous givers, and we give thanks to God for you, but whatever your gifting is, however it is that God has blessed you, we don't get to say, well, because I'm blessed in this way, I don't have to do anything else. We don't say, well, I don't have the gift of evangelism, so I never need to tell anyone about Jesus. We don't say, I don't have the gift of prophecy, so I don't need to pray into that person's life. We have to step into the purpose that God has given each and every one of us. See, the fact of the matter is, is while every Christian should be part of supporting those called to full-time ministry, as well, every Christian has been sent to minister in their vocation. You are a missionary to wherever it is that God has placed you in the time and place that you're in. Let me put it this way. How many of you are aware that as the church right now gathered together, this room and those online, we are a representation of God's kingdom breaking into the kingdom of the earth? You understand that? That the, that the, the kingdom of God in us is fully here and yet also not yet. 
And it's this thing that we wrestle with to understand. But what it really means for us, because we've given ourselves over to Jesus and what he's done for us, we need to recognize that in our lives today, God's kingdom is above the earth's kingdom. That doesn't mean that we look down on people. What I'm saying is, is in our lives and in the way that we interact with the world... We interact as God's kingdom people, citizens of the kingdom of God, not of this earth. And what that means is that our primary vocation, our primary work is is not building buildings or flipping burgers or being a retiree or for me uh, being a pastor of a church or or being a grocery clerk or a teacher or an edgy whatever you are that's not your primary vocation your primary vocation is serving christ and being a missionary wherever you have been placed and it's, it's a challenging thing for us to get to because we have been brought up in our society that there are certain things that you just don't talk about. But let me tell you, I'm pretty sure all of us have gone to those places where you're not supposed to talk about your faith and then people start, start talking about their politics. Now, back in the day, it was you weren't supposed to talk about politics or religion. Well, if politics is on the table, I say... Maybe our faith is on the table. Maybe, just maybe. Now the problem that a lot of us have is that we actually see our work as a hindrance to the rest of our life. We're like, I gotta go to work, but I live for Friday, or sorry, Friday is my weekend. <laughs> I live for Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> maybe that, that, that's what we uh, say to ourselves, right? Oh man, I just got to get through the week. That's why we call Wednesday hump day, right? So we get to Wednesday and we're like, okay, I'm over the hump just a little bit longer and we're to the weekend again. (laughs) But what if we began to realize that while we may have to be careful depending on the work environment and what policies have been set out for us, right? That our primary vocation, our work that we do, it's not primarily so that we can make money and put food on the table. We go to work or we go to our clubs or our different things that we do throughout life because it's our mission field. And so just like missionaries in some countries have to be under the radar, right? They they have to be very careful in, in the way that they do things. Why can't we do that? I mean, one thing that we can do is is we can just put a smile on our face at work. If we've fallen into the habit of using the same language as, as some of the unchurched people that are around us at work, maybe we clean it up a little bit, and so we're now smiling people that aren't swearing. And when they're like, so what are you doing this weekend? Oh, man, I'm, I'm going to church. It's going to be so good. They can't get in trouble. They asked. And eventually, you're going to be out to coffee with these people that are going to be, okay, seriously, what's going on? You're happy at work, and we all know this job sucks. And you're going to this church thing. That makes no sense. Who goes to church? And you get to be like, you really want to know? Okay. <laughs> and you get to tell them. And, and, and I know... I. 
I want to share an example from, from my dad, and I can apologize later because I never asked him. <laughs> um, but I know my dad is a, a business owner out in the Fraser Valley, and he's always struggled with this whole thing of how can he be professional, but also be a witness in his company. Because it, it would be kind of weird if, like, you know, your boss was always coming up to you, like, you're going to come to church with me on Sunday? Right? Like, you really should do, like, Jesus loves you. I'm just trying to work. Okay, okay, sir. <laughs> you know? But what he's, he's found is that over a lifetime, many years of conducting himself and his business in a manner that honors and glorifies God and with a smile and treating his employees with dignity to the point where his, he would have employees that would leave his company for greener pastures and then beg to come back six months, a year, two years later, and even say, I'm okay with a pay cut because the, the culture that had been created was so much greater than these other places that they went to. And that over time, as he's dealt with employees who have challenges, financial challenges or life challenges, and he'll see that they're down and ask about how things are going, or they'll come to him and be like, can I get an advance? And he's like, well, let's talk about why you need an advance. He's actually had the opportunity to share the gospel with employees in a situation where he used to go, there's no way that I can rightly witness to these people, but through a long time of conducting himself well, being open that he serves Christ and caring for individuals, he opened the pathway to have conversations where he's been able to invite people out to church, where he's been able to share how Jesus has helped him through situations. It doesn't matter what you do for work. You can do it for God's glory. Martin Luther, um, the, some would say the, the beginning, uh, the catalyst, catalyzer of the Protestant Reformation. Really, there was uh, a need for a Reformation that was building in all, all spheres. And there were actually numerous Reformations that happened at the same time or just around the time of Martin Luther. But Martin Luther is the one that we really know about. He said this. He said, every occupation has its own honor before God. Ordinary work is a divine vocation or calling. In our daily work, no matter how important or mundane we serve God by serving the neighbor and we also participate in God's ongoing providence for the human race. I believe elsewhere he also talked about even the lamplighters, the, the lowest of the low jobs, if they do it with all that they have in their hearts and do it as to Christ, they are ministers. They're engaging in ministry. Now I do want to make clear when I say no matter your vocation, obviously there's probably some vocations that if you're serving Christ, you probably don't want to be in, right? So like, well, you can figure it out. You're smart people. There's just, there's vocations that you should be like, oh, maybe I should get out of this one, right? <laughs> I'm going to go just stop there. Um, no matter how menial the labor is though, no matter how backbreaking, no matter uh, how far past work you are, you're called first to be a missionary to the people around you. The Great Commission, right? Go. Make disciples. Teach them. That was to all of Christ's disciples. And you might say, perfect, Pastor Stephen, because they're the people I read about in the Bible. Well, disciple just means someone who is a student. 
of someone's life, of someone's teaching. So if you follow Christ, you are his disciple. So he has told you to go. Likewise, the great commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and a second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Right? In these, all the law and the prophets are counted for. That's to all of us. It's the essence of the entirety of the Christian ethic. And so if we're not loving people and honoring God and loving Him in the things that we do throughout life, and we're not going and telling and showing, then what are we doing? But the great thing is, is, is in the Great Commission, in the, the verse earlier that we talked about, where the, God says, you know, you're going to be my witnesses, He doesn't leave us alone, but instead He gives us Himself. His power, His strength. See, every Christian must seek the Holy Spirit's leading and empowering as they follow the sending of Christ. And so maybe He's calling you to do something in our community. Maybe the starting point is doing something in our church, or through our church. Maybe he's calling you somewhere else in, in our nation, and you've been resisting. I, I don't know how the call process went for, for Eva when she got called up north for 40 years. But she answered the call. And he blessed her for it spiritually. Maybe it's a foreign missionary like the Heinrichs or, or like some of those who are in nations where we're not even allowed saying their names because we're on camera. Maybe, that's, maybe he's been planting something in your heart saying it's time, time for a change because I've got something different for you. What will it be? What will it be? Will you seek his guidance in those things and humbly obey? What will you do? Where you are right now, will you become a missionary working for God's kingdom by spreading the good news? And I'm not talking about going door to door. Okay, I'm talking about where you are in the day to day of life. Can you represent and share the fact that though this world is broken because of our sin, the curse that it brings, that God loves us so much that he came to earth in the person of his son, Jesus Christ, lived a holy and sinless life and yet was murdered brutally for it. And that in his perfect and innocent sacrifice, he has paid the price for all our sins and offered us a pathway to wholeness and a relationship that leads to life and forgiveness and mercy and in the end, perfection. Through him. Will you exemplify this? Will you share this with others? Spurgeon, that, that great preacher, he said, uh, to paraphrase him loosely, if those who say they believe in Jesus don't tell others about him, they, may, they must ask themselves then, do I love Jesus? Let me say that again. Because I think those are convicting words. If those who say they believe in Jesus don't tell others about him, they must ask themselves then, do I love Jesus? The Apostle Paul, yes, he was a full-time missionary who then actually also supported himself on the side by making tents. But he was so dedicated to the call of God in his life 
that he was willing to give up his own identity in the service of Christ. He wrote to the church in Corinth in, in, in the scriptures. He said, even though I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. When I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. And when I was with those who follow the Jewish law, I too lived under that law. Even though I am not subject to that law, I did this so I could bring Christ to those who are under the law. When I am with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from that law so I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. When I am with those who are weak, I share their weaknesses for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. Everything he was, everything he did was to share the good news and spread its, its blessings around. And friends, this is how we change our world. By asking ourselves all these things that I do in a typical day, how can I change this? to begin to spread the good news and share in its blessings. And listen, nothing's off limits, okay? If you have a cell phone and you're sitting on the toilet, we all know you've already got it out anyways. You could text someone to let them know that Jesus loves them. You could post something nice uh, about Jesus on Facebook. Again, I say nice. Like you can, nowadays, you can utilize everything for Christ. If you have a hobby, get together with people who also share in that hobby or want to learn that hobby and then allow yourself to use that time to connect with them and, and pro provide inroads to impact their lives. Because every single one of us is a minister or if you prefer a missionary where we are and to who we've been sent and if we're being sent somewhere else, we're a missionary there too. That's why I absolutely love that our youth group that we have with uh, Chinook is called Sent Youth. To implant into these young people that we are sent. That we don't come somewhere because it's fun or because we enjoy it or because our friends are there. But that we're gathering together because we are being trained and equipped and encouraged as sent people to go and make disciples in the empowering of the Holy Spirit. So I have two action steps today. The first is we saw what the Heinrichs have been doing and I think that it's awesome and I would love to remind you guys that you are welcome to give to their mission over and above your regular giving. Of course, we designate some of the regular giving at this church to support them, but one of the ways that we can support them more is if uh, today you can just designate missions. Anything that comes in for missions today will go to the Heinrichs. But as well, throughout the week, like if, if God really, if there's a missionary that, that we support, that you're just like, I really love what what this missions project is doing, then, you know, when you're doing your normal giving, add a little bit more on and just say that much there is for this missionary or this missions project. And let it be that you support the work that others are doing in the ministry. But then this, I want you to consider your own mission. Where in your community is God calling you to be a witness? 
Is God maybe calling you to be uh, a, a missionary on the formal missionary or to be a missionary at home? And if he is, if there's been something that's been niggling at your heart for a while, or maybe you actually have the call and you just haven't stepped into it yet, what I want you to do, write it down. Like, don't delay. If you have it, write it down. Or mark it down in your phone, whatever you need to do. And then I want you to tell someone about it. Because if if it's just existing inside ourselves, then at that time, there's no accountability and it doesn't really exist. We can tell ourselves. It's the same reason why we're called to confess our sins to one another. You know, we can confess them to God, but until we speak them out loud to someone else who can pray for us, we may not be able to break free of that thing that's holding us down. Different sermon, though. So write it down and tell someone. Right now, I want to pray for you all, and then I want to pray for anyone that would like to step into this relationship I talked about with Jesus. And so, Heavenly Father, I know that in our culture, many of us have been raised that we stay silent. Many of us have been raised that church is a a thing that we go to when it's convenient to learn a little bit about how to behave. But Lord, today I ask that you would begin to reshape our thinking to understand that every single one of us has a ministry. That every single one of us is a missionary. And Lord, that following you is not ultimately about what we receive, but it's about how we step into the calling that you have given every one of us. Whether we're just starting out and school's our vocation, whether we're working in whatever job it may be, or, or we're retired and our vocation is the enjoyment of life. God, that we can be at work as ministers for the good news of Jesus Christ. Go ahead and just begin to lift up your own prayer to the Lord today. Ask these questions, perhaps. Ask him how he wants you to respond to this message, which of these things, or how to these things he wants you to respond. And right now I want to speak, while you guys are all praying, to anybody who's online or in person who hasn't given their life to Jesus yet. And I want you to know that everything I said about what God did for you is true. He loves you so much that there's nothing that you have done in your past that could possibly separate you from him for eternity. If you would just say yes to Jesus, he will wash your past away. He will free you completely through the name of Jesus, through his sacrifice on the cross and through his resurrection, which brings us new life. So if you want to enter into a family that is all about seizing the purpose that God created each one of us for. And if you want to receive forgiveness and begin the walk towards wholeness in Christ, then right now, wherever you are, with no one looking around, I want you to raise your hand, slip your hand up if you want to give your life to Jesus today. If you're online, I just want to encourage you to put in the comments there, I'm giving my life to Jesus. Awesome. Let's pray this together in support of anybody that may be giving their lives to Jesus right now and also to affirm in ourselves how it is that we can, when we're out there, pray with people to confirm what God is doing in their lives. So repeat after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for all that you've done for me. Thank you for giving me a purpose. Today I'm giving you my life. And I ask that you would give me yours.
Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And transform me with your love. I commit today to give you all my days. And thank you that when I fall down, you're faithful to be by my side and to pick me up again. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer from your heart today, in person or online, you can either go to ASCC.life and tap on I've decided to follow Jesus and let us know the decision you've made today, or you can uh, go to the connect card in the seat back in front of you and check off there that you've decided to follow Jesus. We have resources, a Bible, um, devotional in information, uh, next steps information that we want to get in your hands, and so be sure that you follow up with us so that we can help you on this journey that you are in. And, and so everyone, just know that God loves you so much. He is so good. And so as we go about this summer, let us be missionaries in the campgrounds and the resorts and the workplaces that we go to because our God is a good God. Yeah. So be sure to be uh, sending in those questions that you may have. Let your friends know they can send questions in. Uh, we've got uh, a QR code in our, in our loop there. And as well, we'll have things on our, our Facebook page and our website where people can go and, and completely anonymously give questions because I know that we don't all want our email address or our name tied to some controversial question that we may have. Uh, but this is kind of how we want to run our summer series. I, I would actually love it if we could get enough in at, off the bat that we could release a week by week. We're talking about this question this week, this question this week, so people can kind of come in and, and hit what really uh, seems important to them to learn and, and to discover. So uh, be sure to, to do that. Sign up for the, uh, the barbecue there if you haven't already. And everyone, just know we're praying for you. And uh, God bless. We'll see you around.